You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now using the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. Dra- see DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Welcome, everyone, to episode 28 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Kyle. Welcome back, Kyle. How are you doing today? Howdy, folks. I'm uh, just living the dream today. My dog rolled in poop. I had to give her a bath. Just a lovely day. But you got a hockey game later tonight. Uh, I'm correct, right? Sure do. Sure do. Looks like the day is getting better. And then we've got an Oilers game to talk about here as well. But we'll get to that in a second because I actually wanted to talk about some sports news, Kyle. Some big news happening around the world. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's been huge into listening to soccer. And this is going to be a little bit different from our regular scheduled programming. So stick with me here, Kyle. So in Europe, we have, as you know, we've got lots of different soccer leagues. You've got like La Liga in Spain. You've got the English Premiership. You've got the French League with PSG and all those clubs. And it's come out. There's been some rumblings this last week. And I'm a big soccer player. I actually play semi-pro soccer. Uh, humble brag. Not um, a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> so I pay attention to soccer quite a bit. I'm a big Manchester United fan. And so saying that, um, I say with a little bit of a heavy heart because they came out with this whole Super League thing. So before I get into it, Kyle, you're not a soccer guy. At least, yeah, you don't really pay attention to European soccer. I'd say really most you really pay attention to soccer is probably the World Cup. Am I right? Yeah, certainly. I always tune in. I throw a couple bets on the World Cup. So that's probably about the, the close you get. But, you know, you, you follow FIFA and that sort of stuff. You don't live with your head under a rock. So what had you heard? so far leading up to this about the super league like what is your knowledge about it so far i heard super league and then i heard everybody else go fuck you and that's about it (laughs) so that that is basically the reaction that everyone had uh the super league was a proposed league a closed league created by and for the top clubs in in europe that includes teams like manchester united 
Manchester City, you've got Barcelona, you've got Real Madrid, you've got Juventus, you've got Arsenal, you've got Tottenham, you've got Liverpool, uh, you've got Atletico Madrid. So a bunch of really high profile soccer clubs, some of the most recognized sports teams in the world, trying to put together a closed team um, that would follow a more American style of sports setup where you'd have two divisions where you would play each other multiple times and then would lead into playoffs. However, it's a closed league. Um, there's no relegation, which is a pretty common theme, pretty a pretty common thing in European football, as well as um, you see it in like the English Premiership, where the bottom teams have the potential to get dropped out and sent down to the second tier league. So like from the NHL to tie this back to hockey, it'd be like this year, Buffalo Sabres are probably going to finish last in the NHL. They would be relegated to the AHL. And then the top team, the top couple teams in the AHL would be promoted to the NHL. I always thought that would be a super neat idea. I think it would keep things super spicy. Um, unfortunately for the Oilers, it means they would have spent a lot of time in the AHL when I was growing up. But the Europeans cling on to that style. Um, they really like it. It's a neat style. Um, and so I can understand why they were going to be upset about it and why they're going to be a closed league. And a lot of people were talking about it was just for money, but just a big money grab because they knew that um, no one really had the opportunity to push it. And the big teams just needed money because of COVID. And basically the outcry was basically exactly what you said there, Kyle. Everyone was not pleased. Every post that any teams made after they announced the creation of this league was just ripping them to shreds. I'm not going to follow this team anymore. You, uh, soccer and football is supposed to be, you know, for everyone. And that's the thing about relegation and that sort of stuff is it gives lower clubs. Like they felt like it was a spit in the face to the lower clubs, I guess, as well. And to the supposed football is supposed to be for everyone type idea. It's since been halted and um, put on pause as clubs have dropped out due to the severe backlash from internal, from players that are actively on the team and the players had a big stake in this because with this uh th those teams that joined they withdrew from uefa uh they withdrew from the champions league which is a big tournament and they were even there's potential talking that they were going to be the players wouldn't be allowed to participate in international duty with their teams which is crazy because if you think about the teams i just named i named the some of the biggest teams and most expensive teams in the english soccer so that's that's a ton of talent not to mention ronaldo and Lionel messi wouldn't be in that as well it was just there were huge implications around football and and I thought we should talk about it because it would have been a travesty. It, it would have just, it would have torn up soccer and football as we know it. And it's been a huge part of my life. And the fact that soccer is for everyone is pretty impressive. And I just, I thought we had to talk about it. And my opinion, it's, it's just, it's a horrible idea. I'm glad they're shutting it down. And it makes me sad to read that Manchester United, the team that I cheered for, were the big teams in trying to lead this and go forward however if there's anything good that comes from this some of the really bad management that we had and Oilers fans will be familiar with this feeling has said that he will resign after this season so that is something to good out of it I thought we should talk about it Kyle I'm sorry to bore you with some soccer talk no no I'm 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 here for all things sports I love it when people get pissed off about sports it's my favorite thing they should care I just kind of I pay attention to like all of the sports a little bit I pay attention to hockey a lot and then all the rest of the sports like a little bit. So like I know enough to hold a, a small casual conversation, well, you, you but knew, nothing crazy. You knew that it was happening. And if you want to have yourself a laugh, 
go to the Twitter trending page because the Super League has been trending for like the last three days or the last, honestly, the last week. And the soup, the Super League trending on Twitter has just been crazy. It's been really funny. However, we can shift back to the thing that you know and love the most, hockey and of course the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. We get to talk about a really impressive game, switching tones from the Super League that they played on Monday night. Uh, they were taking on the Montreal Canadiens, who we had talked. They had had a little bit of struggle this season so far playing. However, they were fielding the exact same lineup that had had some good success in the game previous in the shutout over the Winnipeg Jets. And it started out, it was a pretty quiet first period. Um, the Oilers came out and they, they were pushing. It was definitely tight checking, but I felt like uh, they, they weren't getting a, a ton of chances. However, the Oilers and McDavid score about halfway through the first period. Uh, the goal would be called back because I chase on pretty obviously just bowled through Price. It was unfortunate to see it called back, but Price couldn't have made the save because chase on was yeah. just on top of him. Especially that was a, uh, that was a really pretty shot too. It was a bit of a rifle, just went right top corners. If Chason hadn't hit him, Price might not have even made the save to begin with, yeah, but it, it, he, yeah. he didn't have a chance, which is why the rule is there. And they call the goal back. So we go down 0-0 going to the second period. The second period, the Canadians came out right out of the second period with a lot of jump. Um, they had a lot more chances right at the beginning of the second. Mike Smith would stop Lekkonen on a breakaway. Smith continues to just have an incredible season. And then the Canadians would score off of just a lucky bounce. And an interesting note, actually, going into the second period, Price had taken a really hard shot off of the noggin um, on a power play late in the first period from dry side off a dry side one-timer. And Jake Allen would then lead the Canadians onto the ice and play the rest of the game starting in the second period. Price, it has now come out, is in concussion protocol because of that. Kudos to Price for mentioning it, his staff, and, and kudos to the medical staff for saying, hey, nah, man, you're going to be done for tonight because head injuries are nothing to mess with. That'll, that'll uh, tear you up pretty good in the later years. Yeah, so well, I hope Carey Price has a speedy recovery, but an absolute rocket from dry side. Like, I guess he must yeah. have pounded that thing. And he took it right between the eyes, too. So it definitely, I'm sure he was ringing after that one. As, as someone yeah. who's played goalie and taken a few off the helmet, like you just, you're sitting there going, ding, like it, you're literally ringing. Yeah. Uh, so they, they score off of a bit of a lucky bounce. Eric Stahl gets one in off the foot and from Corey Perry. And I just, it doesn't matter what jersey Corey perry wears i just want to kill him i like ow ah he, he just i it's just his face i think and the way he plays just, I, just I, his face <laughs> i i don't i don't like Corey perry he he haunts me he haunts me and unfortunately after they score that kind of a lucky one alan was playing really well and i was really concerned it was going to be one of those games where they score a lucky bounce and you know the goalie that came in at the beginning of the second, who didn't even start the game, is just going to, we might get goalied. And I was really hoping to avoid that. And then we go to the third period down by one, and it was all Edmonton Oilers starting the third period. Luckily, we had a couple of power plays to help with that, though we didn't really generate a ton on the power play. And then finally, we break through McDavid. Um, we're scrambling in front. We could have scored like two times before we actually scored on this play. But McDavid eventually would corral it, bring it out in front, and throw it to Bear. And he walked around in front all by himself, and I'm like, 
he's going to shoot. And then in McDavid fashion, he finds the better pass to bear um, who was creeping in smashes a one timer, nothing Allen can do who was playing really well. Like I said, and bear finally breaks through with his first of the season after having a bit of a slow offensive season. And I got to say, this was Ethan bear and a lot of the Oilers analysts and stuff like that. And he was one of the stars in this game. That was Ethan bears best game of the season. A fantastic shot off Ethan Bear's stick. You know, great one time, puts it right where it needs to be. But also, in true McDavid fashion, when he walks out like that, you got to respect it. Just like you said, up, oh, he's going to turn and shoot. He's going to turn and shoot. And that's why Allen is so pulled over so far towards uh, towards McDavid, towards that post. And then, poof, absolute rocket off the one-timer. Beautiful shot. And Bear was elevated to the first line with Darnell Nurse for most of that game. And we saw him really, really perform. He started to have, he started to string games together here and we might see him start to get back to the form we saw him in last season, which would be a huge bonus for the Edmonton Oilers. So after tying the game up, 1-1 and riding that momentum. Then Connor McDavid picks up the puck and says, you know what? I think I'll do this myself. Big props, though, to the Jesse Pugliarvi back check at the blue line. He just lights up Thomas Tatar, lays him out, and then it's McDavid all the way with just an all-worlder. I mean, do we even have to do a play of the week? I mean, in the next episode, because you can probably guess what mine's going to be. This was just an incredible play. Like he goes again, goes straight through the defense. And even in his post game, he was like, yeah, you know, I never really hesitate to go one on two like that. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. And he he sort of laughs about it. And there's very few players that can say that in the league and not be joking. And he he wasn't joking. It was it was an incredible goal. Sometimes when you see him just pick up the puck like that and then. You can kind of see it in his face, like, yep, I want to score. And then he just goes and does it. And I I have found a lot of those, when you see him start to go, a lot of those, like, one-on-two situations, he stick handles really well, but he also plays the loose puck really well, too. So, like, he'll go in, and he'll just kind of leave the puck in the middle and then just kind of battle the sticks with his stick and just let the puck go where it needs to go without – like everybody's going for the stick and you just like let the puck go and let his stick get hit. I've started doing some of that like when I play hockey and I've realized it works so well. Like nobody really thinks about it. It's it's a great strategy that I could say I've learned from the man himself. Yeah, so you put it into an area like you're saying and it, it sort of also just the way he also positions it. I don't know. There's so many like little intricate things. Like I've watched this play in slow motion a million times, if you can't tell, but there's just so many intricate things in this play that are incredible to me. Like the first thing is again, big props to the Jesse Pugliarvi hit great play. But then from the McDavid standpoint, his acceleration, as soon as the puck is loose, like he, the bang puck loose and then it is on his stick and he is gone. Like that acceleration yeah. is incredible. That first burst of speed, as soon as he realizes he has control of the puck is incredible. And then he real he looks up, realizes both the one defenseman is turned backwards and the other one is facing him. And so he puts the puck in between the two of them and then slides in between the two of them. And then the shot and like the look off and the placement of the shot is incredible. But the thing that gets me is when he's slipping in between the two uh the two defensemen he's tomahawking on one foot at, at one point as he slips through them like his body's completely pivoted and open and he's on one foot with his blade completely open going in 
and then he scores and still stays on his feet. It's just it, there. It's just an incredible, incredible moment. And again, McDavid is Connor McDavid. He's the best player in the world. And it's moments yeah. like this, like there's no one else that can do that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's hard to explain all of those things to people who don't really understand the game. Like when you watch it and you know how hard it is to do any of those things, let alone all of them at the same time, it's like, oh my God, what did he just do? But then everybody else will look at him and they're like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I'm like, no, but I don't think you understand. It was like really cool. <laughs> that was definitely impressive. And then once once that goal goes in, you can tell the Oilers are rolling. Connor McDavid and that, that whole line that he's really starting to click with Pugliarvi. There's, and Pugliarvi also has elevated his game to play with him as well. Uh, and then we see it. McDavid returns the favor um, after Pugliarvi makes the turnover for that incredible goal. McDavid springs Pugliarvi for a breakaway. Pugliarvi with the snipe. Um, he continues to rack up his goal totals. Uh, Pugliarvi looks fantastic. And God, I love, I love when he scores. He has... He's the happiest guy in the world when he scores. I, I think the next Oilers jersey I have to get is a Jesse Pugliarvi jersey. I, I think, cool I think party. it has to be. I just think it has to be. He's, he, it's either that or Yamamoto. But I think if I, if I can convince my girlfriend to watch enough of the Oilers games or if she like gets into the playoffs, I think a Yamamoto will probably be her first jersey. Yeah. Just like you said, he, he, the look on his face after he scores is like, ah, I got guys, I did it, I did it. It's like it's always it's always fun watching him score because he doesn't do any like intricate celebrations or anything too. He just turns around and goes. Ah, it's just pure happiness. All just pure plays. happiness. Yeah. yeah. So we would then score an empty netter. Devin Shore would bury it to go up four one, and I predicted a two one OT win. But man, we were sitting at two one at that point, and I wasn't sure. I was like, we could do it, and I was happy to see the lead and my my prediction get blown out of the water. Very happy playoff style game. Huge win for the Oilers. Uh, they improved to 27, 15, and two on the season. And they beat the Montreal Canadiens for the second time in their season series, which is who they'll end up be, they'll actually be playing tonight at the time we're recording this. We'll talk about that in a second, but what an incredible game. It's a, again, another big game to grow on. We saw, you know, the big three, nothing shutout versus the jets last game is like a game you save to watch. I think this is another game you probably save to watch, even though McDavid did the offensive heavy lifting. I thought all of the other lines did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, it definitely looked, you could, you could see, even though they were down, you know, down a goal going into the third, that third period was just explosive by everybody. You could see everybody was just clicking and all of them looked so happy. Like when bear scored, the look on his face was so happy. I mean, it was pure excitement when McDavid scored. I mean, all of these guys were just screaming about how, how excited they were to score. It, it was, it was cool. To, it was cool to see all that. On a bit of a sour note, though, from this game, actually quite early in this game, Jujar Kara would take a bit of an awkward hit and would leave the game. The Oilers then actually would split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, who started the game together, and would run three centers that way. Um, Jujar Kara is probably expected to be out for a week, maybe two weeks. So I, I hope he comes back because he was starting to form a pretty solid line there with Devin Shore. But we do see Nugent Hopkins return. So unfortunate for Kara, but I mean, the return of Nugent Hopkins can't be 
overstated enough. Like we, we, we saw how the team underperformed without him. We started to pick it up and him coming in right now can only help the team. Love to see the Nuge coming back off the injury. You know, it's always great to watch your guys come back, come back in off the injury, but especially somebody as uh, important to the team as that. It's definitely uh, great to see him come back and very excited to see what he can do again. Maybe I'll break the new jersey out of the closet for this game. Ooh. So we will then turn to the game then that we have upcoming. We have the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Montreal Canadiens for the second game in a row at, a little bit later tonight after my soccer practice and after your hockey game. So we'll both be watching this one. The Edmonton Oilers are now two and four versus the Canadians and the Canadians are 19, 15 and nine. Like I said, Nugent Hopkins will be returning, but Jujar Kara will be out. And other than that, I believe it's going to be the same lineup with Mike Smith still in net. He's making his fifth consecutive start. And how can you not? He's on fire right now. And with this win, if we win tonight, we would retake second place and only be, I believe, three points back of Toronto for first place. That's a good encroachment right there. That's picking up pretty close. And, you know, obviously in beer league, one, one, one position doesn't mean anything, but if you stay in second, you're still playing the same team, but all of the advantages apply. You know, last change, home team gets the stick on the ice last on the face-offs. It's a, it's a very important to a very important thing to get the home ice advantage. And so this is again because we're playing the Montreal Canadiens right after we beat them. This is the adjustment game. So what do you expect to see in tonight's game versus the Canadians? Um, what do, what do you think the score is going to be, and how do you think the Canadians are going to respond after that loss? Um, I mean, Canadians will probably come out pissed. It's it's natural to to not be uh, excited about a, a loss, you know, especially one that you were you were winning that game going into the third. So, you know, I can definitely see them uh, not being very excited and coming out pretty hot. But I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to predict a 3-2 regulation Oilers win. But I will say it'll be a tight game. It'll be probably a pretty heavy-hitting game, I think. No scraps or anything, no dirty play, just, just good hockey, you know, good hits. Very old school. All righty. So, I'm going to say a 5-3 win. <laughs> but i'm you gonna to change say your number to 53 to whatever sport you ever play now <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna say though mm, two empty net goals that's gonna be my 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 going for the extra point oh two empty net goals we it's tied three three we score an empty net goal and then they think they still can maybe do it and we do we we bury another another empty netter anyways to win the game five three Alrighty, so with that, with our predictions in the book, we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to do some NHL news and then peace out of this baby. So we'll be right back. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I... heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you crack ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure. 
and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc at Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. All righty, and we are back. All right, Kyle, so we've got some NHL news from around the league. Uh, we already talked about the Super League, so we can leave that be. Um, we've got some NHL news, though. We talked about it last time. Patrick Marlowe had tied Gordie Howe for the most games played in the NHL history. He has since become the sole leader in NHL games all time. And I believe he's playing another game tomorrow night. So he's just going to keep climbing that and making that number even higher for himself, for people to potentially harder for people to reach. Um, and he got some sick gloves. Did you see the gloves that the NHL? Oh yeah, dude, those are, he's putting those in a shadow box. Those will be around for a long time. Those will definitely, by the time he's, uh, you know, done with them, those will definitely be in the hall of fame. No doubt in my mind. Those like would be that, in the Hall of Fame. such Toronto. a flex, like the black gloves with the most games all time, your name. Like, what and a, the, yeah, what and a the drip. gold. Oh, man. Yeah. What a baller. And he, I, just, he really showed up and said, no, nah, I'm cooler than you. And I like that they did it in like the old school gloves. Yeah. So, so they, the they look rolls. Yeah, yeah. They, they looked really nice. I really liked them. I mean, and we, we talked about it at length in the last episode. Patrick Marlowe, incredible hockey player. I don't think, I don't know. It's one of those yeah. records that, it's it's going to be hard to hard to beat and the more he Certainly. plays like he could very well play next season the more he plays he can t- he could you know bring that up to he could hit like 40 percent of all nhl players ever think about it this way too uh, gordy howe was 50 when he stopped playing mm-hmm. you know marlo's no spring chicken but and and obviously it's a lot harder to play you know closest to that since then was what yager he was like 48 i think Last time he suited up in an NHL jersey, but I mean, it was just there's not an ill word to be spoken about Patrick Marlowe around the league. I mean, you saw, I'm sure you saw it all over social media. Everybody had something nice to say about him. Um, did you see that funny video with uh, Matthews Martyr and then Jumbo Joe naked in the background? I did, I did, yeah. What uh, a great! I, did, I liked all, all honestly all the Instagram posts. Like, the, there were like nine different NHL teams that he's played for all were like congratulating him. The pictures yeah. from Marner and Matthews, I thought were really funny. Yeah. With uh, his family and everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's just great guy. Awesome record. Um, and man, those gloves, I just, th- those are so sick. That That's definitely a pretty one. So then we have some more NHL news here. I guess not NHL news. Uh, unfortunately, the OHL has canceled its season due to COVID, which is really unfortunate because it's, one of the biggest prospect pools for NHL teams right now. 
um, as well as uh, a couple of national women's tournaments have been canceled as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how NHL react, how like NHL teams react to a full season of the OHL not being there. I'm assuming all of the players that play for OHL teams are probably some of them are going to go play in other leagues in other areas if they can. Uh, I hope that they are. Um, in, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, Ontario is they have some of the tightest lockdown restrictions right now. So it, it makes a lot of sense that their season's still locked down. It's just unfortunate. And it's going to throw a big curveball in a lot of prospects and NHL planning. A few months ago, I had seen a, an absolutely wild proposition that the uh, OHL was going to be allowed to play. But there was uh, no no checking was going to be allowed because of the body contact. And I was like, that's literally half of the game is that's how you play. And, and obviously it's not nearly as aggressive as it used to be, but still, I mean, even if you're not looking to take some guy's head off, a, a correctly placed hit is just as good as a, as a goal. I, as we saw on McDavid's goal, he doesn't pick the puck up unless Puyari crushes that guy. So it, it's, you can't play high level hockey without checking. So that was wild. I mean, it sucks that they're not going to be able to play at all, but I think it's probably better that they play, that they don't play, than they play something, some weird, you know, obscure rule season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, like I said, I think GMs and all, and all that stuff are going to be, and scouts are going to have to be focusing on other areas, obviously. Um, and then the last little bit of NHL news I have is Roberto Luongo is named the general manager for the team Canada for the upcoming world championships for this year's world championships. I don't know when exactly that's supposed to be. Cause normally it happens at the end, like at the end, right in the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah. I think but so. I, so I don't know if that's still the plan or if it's going to happen in, in the summer. Um, so I'm not sure when that's supposed to happen. However, Roberto Longo has really broken into management and uh, didn't take very long. He's only been retired for three, four years now. Something and like that. He's already the general manager for a team Canada. And I think, I think it's only Shane a matter Doan's of time. helping him too, I think. Yeah. And Shane Doan. Yeah. So I think it's only a matter of time till we start to see guys that we watch play start to be managers. Coaching, and, yeah. and I think we, we even start to see it in like Kevin Bieksa and like Patrick Sharp and Versteeg are now analysts, like, uh, yeah. analysts yeah. on yeah, on on TV and that sort of stuff, which is, I think is kind Sharpie of weird, is Roberto Longo. Sharpie Canada. is my, like my all time favorite analyst. He's hilarious, dude. He's and, and what a guy that is a man rocket. If you've ever seen one, Patrick Sharp, but I love Bobby Lou. That guy is absolutely a clown on Twitter. If you follow his Twitter, Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. I think, I think that was one of the first people I ever followed on Twitter. Um, he was a great goaltender. He was in the league for a long time, played for a few different teams. The pick doesn't surprise me for him to be GM, but especially doesn't surprise me for Jane Doan or for Shane Doan to help him out there with that, just because, you know, two great players with a very storied history. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, I don't know. I always really like the world championships. Um, I think yeah. maybe as an Oilers fan, because they never made the playoffs. I always got to see the, my favorite players go and play and play really well for team Canada. Usually I, I think back to when the entire first line of team Canada just used to be like Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like we would just send our entire first line to play and win the gold, uh, which always fun. And like Ryan Smith and all them used to play uh, in the world. So uh, I, yeah. I really like those tournaments. So I'm excited to see how that ends up shaping up hopefully 
with no Oilers this time, which will be a little weird, but that'll be okay. Other than that, Kyle, you got anything else for me? No, buddy. That's it. Hope for a good game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I apologize again for a little bit of the soccer talk earlier in the episode, but uh, like I said, uh, fuck the Super League. <laughs> <laughs> I, and there were, and also like if you go on on Twitter and you go on to the trending, you'll there's a bunch of videos of fans and like the English football fans protesting outside of the stadiums. And when English football fans protest, they do the English football chants, which yeah. I think if if hockey can learn really anything from like soccer is the fans. I, I think football fans yeah. in the stadiums are like, they're so rowdy. Like the fan chance, like the fan experience at a soccer game. It, it's, I think it's, there's nothing, it's not anything. It's so much better than an NHL yeah. game, unfortunately. I, like the chance and stuff like that. Like, and like, so you go onto the trending Twitter page and you, you look at some of the chants that these guys are like, fuck the Super League. And like, and it's just a bunch of grown men singing about how they don't like the Super League. It's, it's very <laughs> funny. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of teams that are kind of like their fan bases are starting to like implement some chants and stuff. Like, like um, the Preds do the "It's all your fault" when they score a goal. They they like they chirp the the goalie and some yeah, of the Lightning like, fans the, the do chance, like some of the Lightning fans do some chants too. But it's not it's not nearly to the caliber. Like they're it, almost it's like, so like much if more you, fun when you're watching you, soccer. If you know the the teams, like some of the chants that like some of the English football teams do, like. They're like they're ballads of like amazing goals that their team scored to win the championship in like 1941 type yeah. type chance. And like so there's like there's like history behind it and like all this like yeah. nuance and like it's a whole song. And I don't know. I just I, it's 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 crazy. I've, I've only been to a few and they're just incredible. But other than that, uh, like I said, if you guys want to subscribe to this podcast on Twitter, you can follow us. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats and follow the hockey podcast network. That's going to be at hockey pod net on Twitter. Uh, because like I said, in the last couple of podcasts, we are running a Edmonton Oilers Jersey giveaway. Um, all the details for that are on our Twitter. Like I said, that's going to be at the rig underscore rats. It's going to be the pinned tweet. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be still going on. Uh, we are, we will probably be picking a winner soon. So, so be sure to get in on that. And if you guys want to subscribe, leave a review or a comment, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, it helps out a great deal. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Um, and big shout out to DraftKings to sponsor all of our podcasts. For the foreseeable future, it helps us a great deal so we can make this awesome content for all of you guys. Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Good luck with your hockey game this evening. And as always, let's go Oilers! Oilers!